Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. First things first, uh, the elephant in the room. We don't start any video off at the moment without talking about it. How have you been coping with the lockdown and have you been able to keep busy? Very much so, yeah. It's uh, Obviously, it's a strange time to be um, to be alive in general, but mm. um, obviously then to, to secondly, outside of the kind of day-to-day -day concerns of that and family and well-being and health, you know, to, to be releasing an album. So um, very much an uncharted territory, I think, for everybody involved here. And um, it feels like one of our most kind of, I don't know, uh, I don't know, I guess triumphant album releases in a way because the, the press has been amazing, you know, the, rea the reaction's been amazing, but um, equally it comes at a time of enormous uncertainty in the world. And, um, and so I guess we're having to try and navigate that like everybody else, but... Mm. We, we, I guess we decided to kind of keep keep on with the album being released and and sort of keep our commitment to the to the fans and everything because you know we're fans of music and and we want stuff to listen to and to to have some hope in this in this period of time we're all in so um, yeah let's uh, we're, I, guess, I guess we're writing that story as we go along but let's hope it works out for the best. Well, yeah, I mean. Ultimately, you are releasing a new album, which puts you in an incredibly busy period anyway. But when we've talked to other bands about the releases that haven't been delayed, there almost seems to be a bit of almost guilt and apologeticness about releasing it during this period. Do you still feel quite positive about releasing The Reckoning Dawn? Yeah, I think so. I don't think a band should feel guilty about that. I, to me, I think that for many people, music is is almost their escape from the madness and, mm. and their, their, their respite from it. And so to be in the privileged position of having recorded something that, that many people are interested in, then I, I, I want them to have it. I want them to have the time to, to spend with it and perhaps more than they would normally. And equally for it to kind of break up the monotony, I, I think a lot of us have been kind of faced with, you know, almost living in Groundhog Day, I think, for many people. Yeah. And... Um, and so to have new and interesting things to focus on and look forward to, I think is a good thing. And I think hope is a good thing. And um, I, I just hope that, that in some small way, this and, you know, some other great records that are coming out around it are, are sort of, I don't know, um, positivity in some way for people who, who maybe are kind of stuck without their family or their friends for long periods of time and, and have, you know, need something to focus on. Yeah. And if you noticed, um, well, we've got some social media friends who have actually had the album turn up today, the vinyl and stuff like that. So it's already on it, getting out there. Yeah, I, I think it was. You know, I mean, having sort of spent hours in the in the sending it all out this week and the label sending it all out too. It was important that we sort of sent it out a few days early because who knows what was going on with uh, with the postal service as well, mm. being you know reduced capacity and all those sorts of things. So I'm glad people have got it a few days early and you know, and it's starting to kind of filter out there. So. Let's hope people actually like it now. Oh, they must. It's amazing. Um, and it's you stepping back into the kind of realm of black metal for the first time in a couple of years. And even though that's your bread and butter, was there any kind of adjustment phase when you were decided to write this? Um, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, I mean, maybe in some ways in terms of approach, but, but not really. I think, you know, Winterfell of Thought's core is a black metal band, um, and that's what we've always been. Yeah. And although we we sort of deviated from that to do um, you know an acoustic folk album a few years ago, mm. I don't think that detracts from 
the the identity of a black metal band. I think it only opens up other areas of uh, of music and performances that you can explore. You know, yeah. it's it's not unheard of for, for black metal bands to do acoustic albums. I don't think. Um, no, absolutely. And, and I certainly don't think it it hindered our ability to to write stuff coming back into this record. If anything, I think, as I've said in lots of interviews, I think it um it almost helped it in some ways you know when you're writing an album um like the last one the hallowing of adam um and you're you're playing you know i guess acoustic instruments like nylon string guitars that are not necessarily as resonant maybe as a as a heavily distorted guitar it hasn't got the same ring off it's got you know a, a different warmth rather than the kind of bite that you have an electric guitar you're having to write for things like cello and violin that you don't play um, and you know you're you're working on much more complicated vocal arrangements than you would normally do. Then uh, I don't think you can, you know, not learn from that. Mm. And I think that when we came into this album, without kind of spouting platitudes about it, almost, you know, I, we definitely did learn a lot from that last album. And I think in a genuine way, not just in a kind of, you know, fake gimmicky growth kind of way. Like we genuinely did, and I think it um, it was it was in the back of our minds to to try and bring forward some of those things we learned to, to to create atmosphere in different ways to learn how things can fit around each other in the context of metal songs um in different ways than perhaps we used to do and just to add a few different new elements into it and i think if you if you know the history of the band and have heard some of the older albums and then hear the new one i hope that it's got that extra 10 15 percent just that you know those uh, just everything dialed up a little bit and a bit more focused and a bit more razor sharp and a bit more interesting at points maybe than 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 before and and while i don't want to underplay anything we've done i think we've we've always striven to make great sounding you know fillerless mm. albums then um uh, you have to learn and you have to grow and you have to develop as an artist and i hope that that we've done that here yeah i completely understand it because like to us listening to it it feels like a re-emergence and almost dare i say a re-energized band like you've looked at your history acknowledged that and thought well how do we make that grander more emotive more thrilling and i guess what you're saying is that kind of was the goal something like that yeah i guess so and, and uh, you know I, I suppose not to you know not to underplay i don't, I, I suppose i don't think people want i don't suppose what people think we've kind of gone soft or something try to do an acoustic album <laughs> you know there is uh, an amazing side of history and folklore that that can only really be expressed properly through that medium, and I think that it's such a kind of important style of music to to the band and, and to you know um, to, the, to the British Isles, and you know think of all the amazing folk bands that come from here, mm. and and the history that it's had in in the development of of our society. You know, it's a, it's an enormous important thing, and I guess we just wanted to kind of pay reference to that, and I don't think it was born of any less passion or any less kind of vigor i just think it was a different um a different approach that we wanted to to take and so coming into this one i i, I guess it, it was a almost like a light and dark contrast mm. um it, and you know to be a bit more visceral i think i went a bit harder on the vocals this time um i think that the production's great and it's really kind of biting and really kind of immediate and I, I just think we really sweated all of our assets this time and, and pushed ourselves to to really self-edit and to um, to make sure that we weren't just putting any album tracks on it for the sake of making it up to an hour or something. You know, mm -hmm. I think I think bands can be guilty of that and um, uh, and maybe not stress testing their material as much as they uh, they probably should. So hopefully that's what kind of comes out of the speakers and and people hear the um, I guess the editing and the um, 
the purpose that we wanted every track to have. I guess, yeah, you're saying the ultimately this is as well the best of the best, right? Because the as a complete package, it works wonderfully well together, but individually easily enjoyable as well. Um, was it difficult when it came to kind of choosing what you wanted to put in the album? Was there a lot cut? No, there wasn't. And um, and we're not one of those bands, actually. You know, you see kind of bands that, that go, I don't know, that, that quit or that kind of, you know, split up or whatever. And then years later have tons and tons of unreleased material. Mm. We're definitely not one of those bands. <laughs> and, and we didn't come into this album with 30 songs and put eight on it or something. We came into this band, uh, sorry, we came into this album with um, with twelve or thirteen songs and put eleven of those songs on the album uh, on the various different, you know, bonus editions and everything. Mm. And the only reason the other ones weren't on it is because we didn't finish them, and they'll probably be on the next one. So, very good. So, so we're not one of those bands that likes to kind of keep things back. I think we just sort of work on things until they're strong enough to, to put out. I mean, there are a few ideas kicking around on the, you know, the computer that never made it into full songs and mm. uh, that are there maybe for, for development in the future. But yeah, we're, we've not got like an album of B sides that we're going to put out at some point from this session. You know, what was, what was written was what was recorded essentially. Perfect. Well, maybe even more than ever before as well, the themes and stories like behind the reckoning dawn can certainly be connected to like modern day Britain as much as the past. Do you um do you still see yourselves as storytellers rather than say stance takers that sort of thing? I mean, I I think as a band, yes. I mean, obviously as an individual, you have a you have a perspective on it, and I guess it's sometimes hard to kind of divorce those things from from the band. But I mm. I don't, despite obviously accusations we've had in the past, I don't think the band in and of itself is a political entity. You know, mm. it, it even though it it touches on the idea of um, you know observation of social interactions and of maybe critique of the of, of policy in the world at points i don't think it's necessarily coming from any particular standpoint i think it's more of a just this is going on you know you kind of need to be aware of it and yeah. um and while people have, all, all, have often taken that to mean something very very different and and i guess that you know you can never please everybody so you shouldn't even try but there's just always those dissenting voices out there that seem to think it's it's something something more than that. Whereas I, I would hope it's a bit more considered than that and not just rooted in something, I don't know, um, well, ill-considered and, and, you know, destructive maybe. I don't yeah. Know. I feel like if that's what they, if that's what you were taking away from, say, certain tracks in this, you would be arguably going out of your way looking for it. I think so. And, and I think you can't help... Um, but find people like that in the world. And there's always going to be those people who have a really strong agenda in a different direction than you and who are, who are looking to kind of vilify people and, and be seen to be virtuous or whatever. So you have to just admit that. that yeah, so you have to just acknowledge that that exists and just yeah. kind of get on with it. And I think that I've always been quite open about this stuff and, you know, obviously mud sticks and we don't want that to happen, but we've always said, look, if you're one of those people that's going to go out and rant about us on the internet or whatever, just come in messages. You know, I feel like, it's pretty easy to set up an interview with us. If you had a particularly strong opinion, then let's have a conversation about it. Let's record it. Let's put it out there. I'm sure people would be interested in the dialogue, if nothing else. I think that's half the problem with the world at the moment, to be honest, is that people seem to divide themselves into factions that are completely um, alien to any other opinion in the world. And that almost seems to uh, to create more issues than it solves. And I think yeah. that, you know, for in my opinion, 
it's important to have a breadth of a breadth of friends across different perspectives. Otherwise, you end up in in buzzword territories of you know social bubbles and echo chambers and all this sort of stuff. And I think actually it's good to have friends who you don't always agree with and to have your perspective challenged, or else you can never really, I guess, grow or develop as a person. And um, and it's it's you know it's good to be challenged in your opinions. And I hope that some of the provocation that we've put out there is you know is is seen more as doing that challenging opinion rather than it being some forceful you know voice for some side of the argument you know yeah well we'll move it on then of course you suffered disappointment of having to cancel a headline tour that would have been taking place this month but you've got new dates uh, later in the year um how are you feeling about getting out there live and playing these new songs yeah, as I said earlier, it's a bit of a we're sort of living in the in this strange time, and, and it's almost you know we're almost writing the history as we're living it in a little bit. But um, it's it's frustrating being a band putting an album out and not being able to kind of bring that to your fans. Yeah, you know we we were supposed to start a headline tour with our friends in Mark next week. I think next Wednesday for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was going all over the UK and Europe, and. Um, I think that would have been amazing. You know, those guys had a new album out not so long ago and, um, and, and would have been a really great package for people to come and see. But we, you know, we're, we're sort of bound by the same things everybody else is. Equally, we've tried to respond to that and, and we've, we've put the, um, the tour with Mark back a year and we'll be announcing that fairly soon as, as all the kind of the stuff that goes on in the backgrounds with agents and, um, and venues, you know, booking it again is settled. But we've um, we've put some dates in, as maybe you've seen with with our friends at Panopticon and Alda um, in in October. So yeah. I guess maybe with some sense of optimism, we put those in, and you know, with a with a sneaking suspicion in the back of our minds that they may get cancelled, or if they don't, then God knows what kind of strange distancing <laughs> measures might be involved in them. So um, you know, again, with this need to sort of bring people hope and 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 some positivity as, and that light at the end of the tunnel for this we wanted to try and put those dates out there and, and be optimistic that they might happen but if they don't obviously they'll get moved to next year and, and that those shows will still happen so um yeah it's frustrating and, and and we're trying to be as kind of positive and as proactive as we can be in this time but until we get the green light from from the government or our mm. government but obviously you know not just our government, you know, the governments of Europe as well, then um, then who knows what's going to happen? Because even if it gets lifted in the UK, well, that means we can do three or four or five shows in the UK, maybe. Yeah. But there's more than just the UK that want to hear this album. So um, that that's a bridge we have to cross, I guess. Yeah. And you use the right word. You've said it many times already, hope, because where it with gigs being cancelled all throughout the year and um obviously nervousness about booking anything later in the year i mean you guys were part of bloodstock 2020 and obviously as of yesterday that's now been postponed to 2021 but you are back for that happily yeah i mean i i i did wonder about bloodstock and i think you know as i sit here today i reckon bloodstock could probably probably go ahead mm. um but also I'm quite wise as to why it's maybe had to be cancelled. You know, if you think about festivals like that, bands that are often playing those festivals are coming over to play a run of shows or to play five or six other festivals. Yeah, I think that's the thing. You know, what I was saying was maybe a festival like Bloodstock might potentially be able to happen. 
but obviously not all the bands playing it are from the UK yeah. and usually bands that are coming over are going to be playing more festivals than just that one and so you know it, it has to work for a band as a as a run of dates and you know financially across bringing crew and everything else so it's not just as simple as bloodstock happening i think mm. um so if it was just all english bands or all uk bands then maybe it could potentially happen but i think you know you've got big headliners coming from all over the place to play that so it's um undoubtedly why they've had to cancel it you know before time yeah as you say it completely makes sense it's funny because it was a bloodstock where i first saw you guys play live part of your adaptability you were in the broad daylight on the main stage um have you noticed how adaptable as a band you are and that you can fit on so many different bills even as a black metal band <laughs> i i hadn't really considered it to be honest but i i am a fan of of trying to be on the right bills and um and, and not just sort of doing everything for the sake of it. I think, you know, I think people want to see you in the best environment that they can and, mm. um, and for you to be able to bring them the kind of show that they would want to see. So there has to be some of that consideration that goes into it, I think, as well. I mean, it, you know, would I have preferred to have been on at, you know, 11 o'clock at night and had the light show? Yes, probably. I think the atmosphere would have been good, but... <laughs> You know, we aren't emperor at this stage. And, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, playing on the main stage at an amazing festival that we love, you know, was a, was a privilege in and of itself. So um, I'm just glad we got to do that regardless of, of the time of day, you know. Well, you say that, but you're not like, an, you're not an underground band by any stretch. Yet you <laughs> have retained such humility and keep yourselves quite grounded. Is that just the character of the band as a whole? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I, you know, we're, we're, it's not, it's not within our, it's not within our, ourselves to be kind of rock stars about this stuff really and you know we're all still grounded people who who live in the real world and um, and who've you know who've who've got to be part of this world as well i think you can be guilty of sort of losing yourself in it and i don't think that we're ever those people you know we come from quite diy roots and mm. you know playing in punk bands when we were kids and and um you know still sending our own merchandise out when people buy it and things like that so uh, i don't i don't like the idea of of bands being too distant from their fans and never coming out to say hello or speaking to people and stuff, you know, it's not in my nature. And, and I always appreciated that when I was going to shows when I was younger. So that's the kind of artist I always wanted to be. And I hope that that can continue really, you know. Even when um, you see and hear so many young up and coming bands cite yourselves as major influences. <laughs> I mean, that is a little bit strange really, I guess, you know, <sighs> without giving you a positive history of British black metal, but I guess before like 13 or 14 years ago, when we first started making albums, there just wasn't really much black metal from the UK. So mm-hmm. it was probably down to ourselves and a handful of other great bands like Fen and Woden's Throne and the Forest of Stars and others that, that sort of managed to put this country on the map as a fairly credible place that you could have black metal coming from, you know, yeah. as, as opposed to before that, where there's only really a few bands. And even then, I guess they were more, allied to Scandinavian black metal than maybe mm. it being specifically from the UK. So it's an interesting thing, but I'm glad that brands have come in our wake and bloody hell, there's loads of them. You know, they, yeah. they message us that, you know, lots of, lots of people send us covers of our songs that they've done and, and they cite that. And I'm, you know, super grateful of that. I guess, you know, because we've just been making records this whole time and haven't really changed our approach and we've always got our heads down doing something. It's interesting, I guess, when you maybe step back from that and have a look at kind of what's happened around you and others in 
in the sort of 13 or 14 years in between and seeing what's happened there's, there's loads of amazing bands that have kind of sprung up and yeah. uh, kind of hot on our tails almost so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad we could put out a, a really great record and um, and you know hopefully still kind of inspire those guys to do better and to um, to keep making good records well on that then what considering the devastation that's being caused within the scene right now particularly in our country and for the foreseeable future what advice would you give to fledgling bands that have kind of started and effectively had to stop straight away i mean just without again espousing platitudes just don't give up mm. I, you know our, our agent once said to us it's the bands that stick around that do the best and um and I think one of the best bands to ever come out of the UK was Wodenstrone. And unfortunately, those guys kind of folded because of distance and, and whatever between the guys that were doing the band. So, you know, it just happened that we've kind of kept making records and, and kept moving forward. And I think that, you know, we always kind of imagine those guys still being around and doing it with us. But, you know, people's life and circumstances change. But I think you can always make time for it. And, and, I, and I see people sort of kind of, you know, giving these things up because of work our family but but you know we all have jobs and we all have families and i think you still you can still do it if it if it's important enough to you so keep pushing yourself to write better material always self-edit you know don't just put out the first thing that you write um and and i guess just just challenge yourself to kind of keep going and to to improve and listen to new music and soak new things in and mm. don't just get shut off from from ideas and from influence because i think that's a really bad thing so you know yeah. uh, for, for, for my part I, I would say that it's important to retain that passion just keep going and, and i think that's what we've done and and i feel like we're stood here on the, the kind of verge of our seventh album and i feel like we've done one of the best albums we've ever made absolutely that's fantastic and i, I agree it's uh as a long-term fan it is the arguably the best thing you put out and certainly up there as one of the best albums of this year well, thank you very much. It's nice to hear that. <laughs> Obviously, when you've been sat in your bubble making it and endlessly listening to it and editing it and mixing it and mastering it and doing the artwork and going through all the struggles of it, it's nice when it can come out and for people to hear your vision and see it finally. So um, I'm glad that that resonates because it's, it's, it's important to us. It would be mighty awkward if I had a different view <laughs> to be sitting here talking <laughs> <Well>. about it. <laughs> <laughs> so having to do this because the magazine asked me to, but I think your app sucks and... Uh... Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't expect everybody to like it or us. And I think you just have to appreciate that you can't please everybody or that, you know. That, Absolutely. You know, That's the matter way it's Music is what it is. Yeah. It kind of is what it is. And, you know, this music isn't for everyone. And, you know, maybe it shouldn't be. But it's it's there if you want it. I love that. Chris, you must be getting sick of by now talking over and over again about a reckoning dawn so we'll wrap up here <laughs> just to say it's out in a couple of days time on the 8th of may get it anywhere can't you absolutely get it buy it hear it spread it to your friends you know um come and see us at a show if we're ever allowed to have one <laughs> thank you very much for watching you can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on facebook instagram twitter and tumblr Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for? <laughs>